Hey, what's going on everybody? This is your host, Evan Gibson, with the first episode of the Life, Leadership, and Pursuit of Wilderness podcast. I just want to welcome you to the podcast. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, and I just want to kind of just start things off with a basic uh, kind of introduction to the episode. Uh, Like I said, this is the first one, and I'm extremely excited for what is to come on the podcast. Uh, We've got a great guy I'm meeting with next week that you guys will be um, interested in listening to. Um, good friend of mine and also a great young business leader and an expert in the outdoors field. Uh, so I'm super excited meeting with him. Um, this episode is going to entail a couple of things, mainly just an introduction to the podcast, what our intentions are, and basically what the listener could expect. Um, and as well, we'll uh, touch on a couple things to have to do with fall because it's fall, y'all. Finally, um, we'll talk a little bit about bow hunting. We'll talk a bit, a little bit about um, bow hunting on a budget, actually, because um, I am uh, a student. So most things are required to do with a budget. So it'll be interesting to talk about that a little bit. Talk a lot about public lands up here in the North Georgia mountains and what they have to do with hunting and, and private lands as well, and what nature has to do with leadership. You'll notice in the podcast name, the second word is leadership. And this being an outdoor-centered podcast, uh, it's not a strictly outdoor podcast. This does have to do with leadership and business models. And we're going to talk about how nature relates, basically, to developing you as a leader, developing other people as a leader, and growing your life um, as a whole. So again, thank you for tuning in. You guys sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. We are live. Once again, I want to welcome you to the LLW podcast, Life, Leadership, and the Pursuit of Wilderness. I'm your host, Evan Gibson, and let's get this thing started. So some of you may wonder what to expect on the podcast. Some of you may wonder why a podcast, and I question myself the same thing because honestly, uh, Podcasting is something I've always been interested in. Um, I listen to some podcasts. Um, I always love putting a good one in, uh, whether it be on a plane ride or a drive or just my uh, normal commute to work or to class. Um, so I've always enjoyed podcasts. I, I enjoy listening to them. I enjoy learning. Uh, I believe there's a lot of learning involved in, in listening to podcasts. And as far as podcasting goes, it's always something I've dabbled with in my brain. And Something that for the past, I would say within the last year, something I've debated doing. And finally, I was just tired of debating it in my head and decided, you know what, why the heck not? So here we are. I'm going to give this a shot. Um, I'm not a writer because if I were to write, it would not very not turn out very well. Um, and I'm not really too big of a movie or, or video guy, so... I just enjoy listening and, and 
talking as well as you'll learn through the podcast. Um, so yeah, I feel like this is uh, going to be a, a fun journey to do that, and I'm glad you guys are coming along with me on that. Um, so this podcast is very versatile in its in its nature. Um, it does have a outdoorsy feel, and that's what we plan to do is to make this an outdoors podcast, but not just an outdoors podcast where we sit back and spit in our platoons and talk about that big old buck we saw down yonder. We're going to have those moments, don't get me wrong, because everyone loves those moments, but we're going to go a little bit deeper in this podcast, and we're going to uh, talk more about just hunting or just fishing. We'll have some firearm firearms talk. Um, we may have some military discussion, some um, armed forces or um, maybe public servant, like police officer discussions, um, things that are going on in the media today, uh, a lot with that, actually. And then also, uh, when it pertains to leadership, uh, I believe leadership is one of the most important things in outdoors, believe it or not. And uh, what I expect to do is to, to cover that and to get to those means. Um, I plan to have some pretty interesting people on the podcast and uh, I myself will enjoy learning and listening to those, and I, I believe that you will too. Um, so follow our, our, our podcast and, and subscribe to us and keep up to date with our uh, episodes and learn as much as you can because that's honestly one of the reasons why I'm in it. Um, so I believe that one of the best ways to learn from others is to listen to them and to ask questions. So throughout the podcast will be... Uh, there'll be a series of questions for some people. There will be just sitting and talking. Um, and I think that it'll be great to have people from different fields that have experienced different things that look at life different ways, whether that be in the outdoor field, whether they be a businessman or a woman. Um, that's basically the things that we are going to hit on. Another thing I want to add and, and come straight out about is I don't consider myself a master uh, in anything. Um, I, I believe that you should strive to be one and you should strive to be the best you can be. And that's what I continue to do in everything that I'm involved in. I try my best at and I try to be as knowledgeable as possible. But one thing I want to get clear right off the bat is I don't claim to be a master of anything and I don't claim to be better or more knowledgeable than anybody. I'm simply here to communicate, to learn, and hopefully to create a, a welcoming environment for listeners to explore some interests, explore some outdoors ideas, some leadership tactics. Um, that's what we're here for. Um, so, on the topic of fall, fall is here, finally. It still feels a little bit warm. I'm in, I'm in Georgia, I'm not sure where you're at, but being in Georgia, the weather is still pretty warm up here, um, which is not a bad thing, but I'm already ready for it to be sweater weather, which isn't quite yet. Um, this season actually is my first season bow hunting. Um, I'm a regular deer hunter. I've always hunted rifle season and stuff like that, but bow hunting is something that I've never really gotten myself into, and I decided to do that for the first time this year. And it has been a ride. Um, like I said, I am a student, and uh, finances are, are handled differently 
as you know, uh, whether you're a student yourself or you were probably once one. So when I decided to get into the bow hunting game, <laughs> I went to my local outdoors guy and, you know, I went in there and I said, hey man, uh, I'd, I'd love to get a bow and, and some arrows and, and start bow hunting. <laughs> and he said, okay, well, what are you looking at as far as uh, budget-wise? And I was like, well, man, I honestly, I'd, I'd like to stay under $400. And that was when the hat dropped and he kind of <laughs> kind of laughed and I became discouraged. So um, that was my first thought about bow hunting is, you know, crap, like maybe this is expensive and I shouldn't get involved in bow hunting. What I f came to find out that that was completely wrong and that there is a way to bow hunt on a budget because I'm doing that right now. Um, short after I had the conversation with the guy in his store, went online, looked at some archery forums, and in that archery forum were a bunch of used bows. And I've never been a person that wants to buy used things. It's just, I, I'm a buy it new kind of guy. Um, so buying a bow used was not something that I was going to try to do firsthand, but you know, I decided to give it a shot. So I went and tried out a couple other stores and I found a bow um, for a very good price and picked it up. So one thing I want to hit on with that is don't be afraid of buying a bow that somebody has used because honestly when you're thinking about bow hunting and you're thinking about getting into something something that a lesson that I learned myself is your equipment is good as you is as good as you make it if you get something that is new you have to take care of that item and to keep it in a condition that is huntable and that you know it's going to perform the way that it's intended to perform what I learned was you do this the same way with used items uh, I had to do this with the bow that I purchased had to make sure that it was um, ready for me to be in the woods. And I had my first weekend hunting last weekend, um, saw some deer, didn't get any, but still had a good time. Um, but the thing I learned was you're responsible for your equipment and you're responsible for making sure that bow is ready when you're in the stand and making sure that you know that you're hitting the target um, and that when you release that arrow, and you expel that arrow upon a live animal that you know where that arrow is going to go. So bow hunting on a budget is possible. Uh, buying a used bow, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, if you're a student or if you don't have a lot of disposable income but you want to get into bow hunting, I say don't let that be an excuse. I've let things, I've let budgetary things be an excuse or a, a fear for... Uh, too much of my life and one thing I learned is as long as you find the right avenue in and that you take care of what you need to take care of and have things ready before you step into the woods um, that is that's something that I've learned and will continue to be a lesson to me throughout my hunting career um, so the area I hunt is actually down south and um, south Georgia as you may or may not know is a lot warmer than it is up here but the deer are a lot bigger. Um, and they are definitely a <laughs> lot larger quantity and a healthier deer herd. And a lot of people up here 
don't really know why or don't really understand. And one thing that I've noticed is um, hunting down south is just better because there's more food for them. There's more um, ways for them to survive and thrive. And there's honestly a part of the factor of that is more people are hunting and the, the population is controlled better. I've hunted public lands um, in North Georgia for a few years now and never really had much luck. I've seen animals, I've seen deer, um, I've turkey hunted a dozen times and haven't seen any, um, seen a couple coyotes, but other than the average, you know, random doe running every one in seven times you hunt, there's not much to see or do out in public land that I've found. Now, don't get me wrong in saying that there are not trophy animals in the North Georgia area or the mountainous areas of North Georgia um, because there 100% are. I've seen people um, take trophy bucks and large turkeys out of these areas on public land. Um, but I think the problem with our public lands in, in North Georgia is, number one, the food sources are just not great for the animals. Um, if I was, you know, I always think if you were a deer, where would you be? You definitely wouldn't be in the woods of North Georgia because the food that's there is scarce and the chances that the bigger deer next to you has already gotten the food, then uh, your chances are, are just about right as far as that goes. And as well as just pressure. There's a lot of hiking pressure, there's a lot of biking and horseback riding pressure and honestly the animals just just don't want to be around that. Um, so public lands in my opinion are much harder or for Georgia rather um, but I believe that public lands are much harder to hunt because of the pressure and like I said the, just the factors and the conditions that the wildlife is under uh, I believe it's a lot harder to hunt than uh, privately owned lands or, or lands further south. Now in saying that, don't let that discourage you from hunting public lands. Um, I, as a matter of fact, encourage hunting public lands. But, and here's the, here's the disclaimer on that, hunt public lands, but actually hunt them. So you might wonder, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is don't park your truck, get out, shut the door, get your gun, and walk another thousand yards and sit down against a tree or climb your tree stand and sit there and expect to see animals or what you're looking for. This is the number one thing that I've learned not to do when hunting public lands is because if you can get there easily, chances are the hundreds of other people that are wanting to do the same thing as you have gotten there easily and they've pressured that area out. Public lands are worth it in the fact that you can go into a public land and know that you're facing a challenge. You face a challenge physically, you face a challenge mentally, and you face a challenge when it comes to the character of your hunting. And 
I think the best way to hunt public lands w- would be to be going in there and be as invasive as possible. Uh, be invasive as possible in the way that you do everything, really. You've got to make yourself that much more uh, scent-free. you got to make yourself that much more camouflage. You've got to make yourself that much more cardiovascularly trained because of the amount of hiking or walking that it may take to get you to a spot where you're going to have a, a, a greater chance of having success. A friend of mine actually just killed his first public land deer, and he has been hunting for 20-something years, and I've seen him kill bigger deer uh, than I can, you know, than, than that I've seen um, walk in front of my stand. And he killed a public land doe last week, and the accomplishment that he felt, or at least the way he communicated it to me, would be like myself shooting a trophy buck in the land that I hunt down south. Um, just because of the challenge of public lands should not scare you away because to me, if you're a true hunter, to me hunting is not about, oh, well, if I don't get out there and and shoot a big buck or if I don't get out there and shoot a deer within the first two or three hunts, then I'm not going to hunt the land anymore. To me, if that's your philosophy or your outlook, I wouldn't really consider you a, a true diehard hunter. And that's because... It's not about just shooting that deer and posting it on Instagram, the nice old grip and grin, look what I got, you know, everybody like my picture because I'm outdoorsy. Uh, I, would, I would definitely not consider that um, to be what hunting is all about. Hunting is all about the challenge. Uh, it's about the chase. I listen to podcasts and watch shows and talk to hunting experts all the time. And then the, the thing that they all have in common is that they say, as soon as the trigger's pulled and they know that they hit the animal, their gut drops a little bit because they know that now the chase is, is just about over. That the things they had to prepare to do in leading up to shooting that animal, uh, that is that part's over. The work is done. And they're thinking about their next adventure in the way that they can put themselves in another opportunity. That's what I believe hunting is all about, which is why I believe public lands, even though they're not as productive sometimes, that's why I believe they're just as important, if not more important, than easier lands or private lands, easily accessible lands um, to hunt. This helps me segue uh, right into my next and final kind of topic here, and it's about nature and leadership. Nature, in its own way, is the most devastatingly complex and beautiful thing on this earth. Um, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. In that, there is a lot of unexpectedness. There's a lot of change, a lot of different outcomes. Anything can happen. Because um, it's, it's nature. It's the way things naturally happen. Think of yourself in, a, in any time that you've had to take on a situation as a leader um, where you're not very much prepared. You can tell who the more successful leaders will be and will continue to be 
by the leaders who are able to adapt to the scenario, who are able to be kicked down and not just stay down, but get back up and come back stronger and fight even harder. This is why I believe nature has a lot to do with leadership because while you're in the wilderness, whether it be hiking, a kayak trip down the river, fly fishing, hunting a public land or private land, you're going to be faced with challenges. And what defines you as a leader is how you accept those challenges. Do you miss a deer and then get upset and not go deer hunting for another three months because you're mad you didn't get that deer? Or do you get back in the stand the next morning knowing there's not a chance that you're going to see that deer again, but you're going to get back out after it? Because that's what you do, and that's how you develop your character in the wilderness and in the wild. And I believe that speaks measures for your leadership. Another thing is skills that you have to you have to know. Um, no one wakes up in the morning and knows how to shoot a dime-sized spread on a paper target from 150 yards. They're skills. No one wakes up and is able to put a tight spread on a target with a bow. They're skills. No one learns how to build a shelter or make a fire when it's wet or anything to do with survival. No one just learns that. It's, it's skills that you're responsible to teach yourself. And in the same way, there are skills that a, as a leader that you're responsible of acquiring in order to succeed. Uh, another thing is being prepared, preparedness. Nobody steps out um, to the deer stand unless they just don't plan on uh, doing anything with, uh, with tactic or do anything with skill. Uh, nobody steps out to the, the deer stand without their rifle or without their bow. Or no one goes out at 5 in the morning to get to their stand without their flashlight because they're going to wind up stumbling around. They're going to wind up making a bunch of noise possibly spooking deer that are around the area and getting themselves hurt. Just like a fly fisher won't go out into the river, the cold river, on a brisk morning without his waders. Number one, it's just dangerous. Number two, it's just not what you do. It's, it's being prepared. That's another thing that I believe the wilderness trains you to do is to be prepared and to be a prepared leader. And the last thing and most important thing would be responsibility. You're responsible for a lot of things when you carry a fishing pole or a gun or uh, anything into the woods. You're responsible for the people around you if you have them with you. Uh, you're responsible for the people who aren't so around you who are you know maybe over the next ridge or maybe walking by if you're on a public land that you don't know about. You're responsible for the animals that you are out there to either hunt or watch or whatever it may be. These responsibilities will affect the way that you perceive the wild and also the way that you perform and the way that others perceive you. You don't want to be that guy uh, that everyone doesn't like to go fishing with because you mess with their spot or you 
do things that they just don't like. No one wants to be that guy, just like no one wants an unprepared leader. You want to be as prepared as possible and prepared for the unknown, prepared for the unexpected, and being prepared to be unprepared because we can't prepare for any or for everything. There are things that are going to come up and bite us and just not know what to do. But what defines you as a better leader is being responsible and being prepared. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Next week, I'm excited to announce that I'll be um, with a guy who has a lot to do with the outdoors industry, has a lot to do with, um, with his own business and entrepreneurship and leadership. And I couldn't think of a better person to have as the first guest on the podcast um, than Mr. Daniel Bowman. Uh, he is the founder and uh, he runs uh, a fly fishing guiding company up in North Georgia called Bowman Fly Fishing. And if you're a fly fisherman or if you're not a fly fisherman or you're looking to get into it, he's the guy that you want to go to. Um, he does have Instagram accounts and I believe he also has his own website. Search him up, look him up. Uh, he's a great asset to the outdoor industry and I think it's going to be awesome to get him on the show and just have a great conversation and um, ask some questions and, and uh, just have some, uh, some great topics of discussion. Uh, we'll have that for you next week. Again, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Have a great day and we will see you next time.